You're listening to a podcast from www.aussiewriters.com.au where we celebrate talented Australian writers and their books. Well, here we are at the Writers in the Park Festival, which is just an extraordinary experience. And um, I'm really, really fortunate to catch up with one of Australia's most famous, prolific children's writers, Pamela Allen. Welcome. Thank you. Um, Just in case you didn't know, Pamela has sales of over 5 million Yes, you heard it, million copies of her books. Um, Although she was born in New Zealand, she did um, start writing and publishing um, in her years in Australia. Her first book was um, 1980, Mr Archimedes' Bath. And uh, she's written 50 books, would you believe, written and illustrated. Uh, In 1983, she had the CBC Picture Book of the Year, Who Sank the Boat? And I'm sure most of you have had that read to you or you've read it to someone else. (laughs) I certainly did and our family certainly has that book. 1984, she had the Bertie and the Bear and she was shortlisted on five other occasions. She's twice won the Ethel Turner Prize in the New South Wales Premier's Literary Awards in 1980 for Mr Archimedes' Bath and in 1983 for Who Sank the Boat. In 1984, she was awarded the International um, Board on Books for Young People. Uh, She um, had, in 2001, uh, she won the Galen Gordon Award, which was from the New Zealand Book Council. She returned to Auckland actually in 1998, is that right? Yes. Yes. 1998. Um, And in 2004, she won the Margaret Mayhew Medal, which is New Zealand's top children's literary award. In 2005, she was part of the New Year's Honours when she was appointed as a member of the New Zealand Order of Merit for services to children's literature. Not surprising. And eight of her books have been performed on stage by Patch Theatre Company, which um, Pamela tells me does a great job. And uh, they've been shown all over Australia, but certainly at the Sydney Opera House. So Pamela, wow, (laughs) welcome. You are really, really an author of some merit, I have to say. Please tell me, I'm curious about your childhood, whether you were writing and drawing as a child. Did you have that sort of school experience where where it was already in you? Well, when I was a child, I could draw, and I was always drawing, but I didn't give any thought to writing anything. Right. Um, when I was at, when I finished secondary school, I went to art school um, Auckland, in Auckland, which was Elam yes. School of Art. So I spent four years in um, an academic drawing environment. Yes, yes. And I I could, I can draw. I was going to say I could draw, I can draw. Um, We can see that. (laughs) That was um, what I was able to do. Mm. 
but I didn't ever give it any thought of writing until mm -hmm. until I came to Sydney with my family. That was my husband and two children. Mm -hmm. One was about nine and the other was about six. Um, and I wanted a job. Uh, the children were school children. Yes. <coughs> And prior to that, I'd been very involved with them as preschool children. But anyway, I was looking for a job and I didn't want to go and sell cakes in the cake shop. I had been a school teacher, and but that was all too um, consuming for me. Mm. Many authors were teachers at one stage. Well, Children's was, authors in particular. Mm. Well, this is a long time ago as far as this generation is concerned. Yes. Um, Anyway, I had been a, a school teacher for a couple of years. Primary school? No, as an art teacher. Oh, right. But um, anyway, I found it too consuming. In other words, being a, school, a teacher of any kind is, is a big drain, a big commitment. Very stressful, isn't big it? Thing that, mm. Yeah. So I wanted to do something that was me. And so what I said to myself is, what can you do? And... Um, I could draw. So I went around the publishing houses in Sydney looking to illustrate some of their material. Oh. I didn't, no one took me on. No, I had a, made myself a portfolio. Mm. So, it's hard to break in that mm, way, isn't it? Well, it was a much better climate than it is today for children's books yes. because there were very few children's books mm. uh, being published in Australia and virtually none in New Zealand. Wow. I mean, I think you might have been able to point your finger at three, but it wasn't, right. it, what was happening was that books from England were coming into the Australian New Zealand market, mm. and because they were big print runs, they were able to reduce the price, or not reduce the price, but made them cheaper to produce. Yes. And if you came up with something and wanted it to be published here, you didn't necessarily uh, uh, anticipate a print run to cover the costs. So it would be a more expensive book and therefore it wouldn't compete. So it wasn't happening. And this Different environment. Yeah. You, you don't, rem I mean, I was going to say you don't remember, but lots of people listening to me won't, won't remember. <laughs> anyway... Um, what was I saying? Oh, we, we were talking about your first book. So you went to the, all the publishers yes, and, and did. you didn't get in there. So what happened next? Well, I happened to visit uh, Collins, uh, the publishing house, which it was just Collins then. And Anne Ingram was the editor. And she sat, she sat me down and talked to me for about an hour. And she showed me... Uh, basic things about uh, a child's picture book. The size of the books. First of all, you need to know the size because you don't want to do a drawing that or an illustration that doesn't fit yes. because the size of the books is an economical size for folding the paper. And you and don't... And the number of pages. For and the, the number of pages. 32 are, pages, yes, isn't it? That's an economical size for yes. folding the sheet of paper. And you don't draw down the uh, spine of the book. Is it called? No, not gutter of the book. Yes. Because that you don't 
mess up your drawing by having a folding stomach, you know what I mean? Yes, it's all and, practicalities. Yeah, well, she showed yeah. me all of that, and then she said to me, why don't you write your own story and, and illustrate it? So I thought, Ooh. well... So I walked home across... I was living in Milson's Point. I walked home across the Harbour Bridge, and I said, Pamela, you're an author. <laughs> I love it. And that <laughs> began... So began your career. <laughs> yes, well, then then I set about thinking what of what an author was, for me, that is. And I had some rules for myself. I didn't think I could write... So I thought, well, what's good writing and what's bad writing? And this is just Mr. Ordinary out there. That's me, Mrs. Ordinary. Yes. And I thought, well, I always considered bad writing, writing that had far too many words and more words than were necessary. That was my criteria, what bad writing was. So I made a decision to write with as few words as necessary to communicate the idea. And then I had uh, the tool of being able to draw, right? So I knew I could draw things to communicate. And I didn't need to say in words what I'd already communicated in the pictures. Yes, right? that's very important. So it? it's mm. because that's the benefit that you get from doing both of them. So um, off I was, off I went. And my first book was Mr. Archimedes' Bath. Mm. I sent it in to Anne Ingram. And within two weeks of her receiving it, she rang me up and said, we're going to publish it. That's wonderful, so isn't it? not everybody has that experience, but no, I did. Very and good. then it was published and I won an award. And as I was saying, there were very few books being published in New Zealand, not in New Zealand, in, in Australia. Australia. Mm. At that time, there was The Man from Snowy River and all those books that came into that category, which were... Um, Patterson, what's his first Banjo name? Patterson. Banjo yes, Patterson yes. stuff. And people were illustrating him. Mm. The two, the twins, the... Oh, I can't remember everybody's name. At the <laughs> they, right. they, they illustrated, beautiful illustrations. Yes. But it was the man from Snowy River. Yes. And uh, I came in really at the beginning of the um, Australian picture book mm. publishing so do you consider yourself to be very fortunate in I that do, way? I do. I do consider yeah. myself. Nowadays, people ask me things about publishing. There's there's a, a sea of books out there. Yes, this is true. It's very competitive Yes, now. and they're all and not all of them are good. I was just going to say there are many, many very sub-standard yes. books and out there, aren't the there? The books that get published are dependent on certain people selecting them to get published. Yes. This so is you really awful. need someone who, who knows. Yeah. Anyway, I won't go into that, but no. um, I well, was very lucky. we are a prize-driven culture, and I, I find this not just in children's books, but in all books. If you've won a few prizes, then certainly in adult novels, your, your path is clear. Once you've won a few prizes, it opens doors, doesn't it? Uh, did well, you find that, or, or well, it certainly did in those. In I mean, those way days, back in yeah. nineteen, mm. what did I? I wrote it, the Archimedes Bath, in nineteen eighty. Yes. And the following year, it won the um, president's premiers award. Premiers yeah, award. that's right, New South Wales. Um, and then following that, um, who sank the who boat? Who sank the yes. boat? Won the children's 
I yes. forget what. And then following that, the um, Bertie and the Bear one. Yes, that's right. Yes. So really, I was. Uh, everyone knew who I was by then, which is which wonderful. meant I had a market. That was. Yes. That's actually the key to, to. Um, being known being well being invited to do another book well i think of course we can't discount the fact that you had a lot of talent (laughs) because if you know you're not going to get to audiences if if you your books are not good it's as as simple as yeah well my little my rules Mm. um i was writing for the child who could not read so the child who cannot read must have the book read aloud yes so if you're reading aloud you've got a voice and you've got a voice that can be as soft and sweet and charming as you want it to be or as loud and nasty or as funny you know yes. so captivating the children well interest. I've always yeah. thought of of the voice as being um, well, in my case, because I'm writing for children who cannot read, it's another element in the... In the story. Uh, well, in the creating the book. There's pictures, which I knew I could do. There's the voice, which I grew to know about. I mean, I didn't start off being aware of it, but I grew to know about it. And there was um, words, which I'd honed in my head down to the absolute... Necessary part. That's where I started. Once I got some uh, acclaim, I um, I started to enjoy words, and I was letting myself have a little play with them every now and again. Yes. But I grew into that from an austere beginning. Yes. And I also decided with the words that I would use the correct words to communicate the situation. And it was nothing to do with um, choosing um, more Baby common, language. yes, mm. more common words. You know, in that first book, Mr. Uh, um, Archimedes' Bath, or was it that book? I used the word responsible, responsibility. Mm. And uh, uh, my three-year-old or two-year-old doesn't necessarily know what that means. But if you, if it's placed in the right context, they will absorb the meaning right yes and and it's not insulting the child's intelligence which is which is just a wonderful thing well the it? child is is an, is developing mm. they're growing they need to move forward and they um, they don't want to be messed up with a lot of words that are not relevant yes and if you choose the words accurately mm. you're inviting them to comprehend them Mm-hmm. Especially if they're, they're mm-hmm. in the right context, and they're not. There's no rubbish around, if you know what I mean. You know, it's interesting. I I interviewed Hazel Edwards, who's also a children's author, and she actually said um, just what you're meaning here that um, children uh, people think that writing for children is easy because you just use a few simple words but it's not it's quite precise the precision that you're describing here is it's it's a complicated process isn't well, it well i i sorted out my thinking yes. before i started right and the um, my main thing was that i know small children 
And when I started out, I'd spent X amount of years with in the play centre movement in New Zealand. Right. Which right. is uh, where the parents of the group of children take over the running of the play centre. And for that to be successful as an educational program, which is all about observation, so that you don't put a round thing in a square hole, a square hole, or a round whatever. Um, yes. And you've done it through your own deduction from observing. Mm. Mm. So uh, I had that as a background. Mm. Um, and even the, the ideas behind your stories, they're quite complicated. I mean, Mr. Archimedes's bath is about displacement of water, isn't it? Well, yes. And it was what I'm doing is inviting the child to be conscious of it. Yes, but I to think. To yeah, think. Yes, mm. there's quite a few of those where um, my books where I um, I deal with what is physics, isn't it? That's yes, the word. That's physics. Exactly, that's exactly um, right. Yes, and that that intrigued me. I mean, that's what who sank the boats about. Yes, yes, and. Um, I ran out of physics. That I <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. But and, I, uh, there are other books. Well, you you've know. written fifty books. My mm. goodness! And I'm just looking at this one, which is yet uh, just about to come out. By the time the audience is listening to this, it will have come out, and it's called The Big Fish. Tell us a bit about this story and where you got the idea. I love the um, the cover of this book is sort of uh, a bit like a Pied Piper leading children <laughs> except he's got a fishing rod <laughs> and it's called the big fish. Do tell us where you got that idea. Well it's a very, um, uh, my publisher said it was a traditional thing, well it is in a way. Um, yes, and if I tell you about, if I can't tell you about it without telling you about it. Oh, I see. If you know what I mean. You can't give it away. Well, it rather <laughs> is it something minimizes about it? catching the big one. Is it anything to do with oh, that? Oh, it's to do with catching a big fish. Yes. yes, but it's it's not obscure. Right. But it's it, it's a lot of enjoyment in in the book itself. So if I Wonderful. talk about it, it doesn't make a great deal of sense to me. No, no, no. We we we're just enticing everybody to oh, come okay, and get okay. this one. So we're just um, well, it's for little ones. Yes, yes. I, it's for little ones. Now, all all of your books are for for the early readers, as you said, three, four year olds. Is, is uh, that who, do you think the child who cannot read? Oh right, and you can Which put could that be any age. Well, mm. could be any age. That's right. Because I write because you can bring that my mm. books alive. With the voice mm. and the fact that you have to read it aloud. That's mm. what I'm emphasising. If you read it silently, you've lost half of it. Because yes. Yes. I, I, I play with the sounds. Yes. I, I, I could see that when you were actually presenting today mm. and reading some of your books. Um, I wanted to ask about translations. You've had the books translated into oh, very various um, other languages. Other languages have been interested in them. I, I wonder. I wonder if one would lose in translation. Is you know, are they culture bound, or do you think you write on a more universally human theme here? Well, that's for someone else to say. Mm. I I I get the books. In, in translation, but I can't read the language, so I don't know anything. Hard to tell, isn't it? Yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, from an author's perspective, it's exciting when you get it translated into other languages and think that you're 
your book is going all over the world. Oh, yeah. You know? Yes. Well, in recent times, the Asian languages have have taken on um, made contracts for them. Yes. You know, China's taken a lot of them, and so is the um, Korea. Oh, that's wonderful. And, yeah, yeah, I couldn't tell you because I don't keep track of that. But no, no. <laughs> um, I, I imagining that they're in China is quite fun because a lot of people in China. Oh yes, <laughs> a lot of readers. Um, I I would like to ask you a question. I know that you're extremely talented in terms of you can you can uh, draw and and write, but if um, there are people listening who are writers. Or illustrators would you think that it would be important to do the illustrations first if there's a story would you think that you would need the words first and then the illustrations or do you think an illustrator could tell a story in picture and then get get the words written what do you think I don't know, but I... Which way uh, do you do it first? Well, I, I always put the story first. Right. And the story first is the idea, if you get back to the, yes. the bottom ground of it. And then the words come, and then the illustration. But in my case, I actually do them the words and the pictures together. Because I don't start at the oh, beginning right. and go like an like a knitting uh, oh, thing. Right. Okay. No, there's not a thread from the beginning to the end. Right, right. I, I know the story. I, I haven't written it yet, though. I know the story. It's in your mind, yes. So I go to the most exciting picture, oh, and right. I do That's I do what you would call the climax. You oh, know? fabulous. And then you do the... So then the, I work out how many pages I need to finish off, because you yes. always wind down. Yes. And then how many pages I need to work up to the climax. Yes. And then I sort it out. It's called, um, I do a plan of it. Yeah. yeah. Storyboard's the word Storyboard. they use. That's the, that's but, yeah. uh, you know, that's the way I do it because I'm, right. I know the climax. I know what I'm on about. Yes. There is a climax and I know where I put it, which is there. Yes. And I always have so many pages to wind it down and fi- always right. give it a finish so that you yes. know when it's finished right and then it, very often i start the book in a place and finish in a place in other words i right. if i can manage it i like to finish where i started just because that rounds right. it off nicely all right i see so and and would you say that um have you always stuck to uh, how, how strong is the rule about 32 pages is that is that something uh, it's you stick pretty to? it's pretty solid that one um, they your end papers which are the bits at either yes. end you can steal a few things from that there's a, a there's a um, it's a title a subtitle and then the first page yes. and when I've been really stuck to have an extra page I've um, stolen the one of the titles you know so All it right. does, starts a bit more. But because uh, uh, sometimes you have to have a, a little bit more or yes. whatever. But um, certainly my books are all 32 pages or, fe- right. or fewer pages than that. Some, mm. There's some with, um, with less. Mm. I have a, 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 one of my emerging writer clients has written a wonderful children's book. But it's 60-something pages, 64 pages I think it is. And so um, 
showing it to a few of the publishers and the librarians, they've said, oh, it's a chapter book. <laughs> well, it would be in their mind because yes. um, picture books, I, I'm not part of that. You know, I, no, I no. stick to the sizes they give me yes. because it's economical for the paper. That's right. And the number of pages they give me because mm. that's economical. Right. Uh, and it makes sense to be economical. Yep, that's because true. Because the price when it goes out. That's true. If you've got something else then it comes into a different category. Yes. Mine's a picture book. It's yes. definitely stages as a picture book. So I think uh, it's important, I think, that um, that when you are producing a book, uh, when you're writing a book, if you go with a publisher, obviously, it's important to do, you know, what is economical for the publisher. If you're self-publishing, I think you can break a few rules. Oh, uh, yes, but I know nothing about that, so right. I'm not really the person to... No, so you, you, you've you never been interested in self-publishing. Didn't you have, have to no be. need, do you? <laughs> no, no, it was never part of... It wasn't, it wasn't happening when yes. I started out. Yes, yes. And have you ever been tempted to write anything else other than children's books? Is, has this fulfilled all of your passions, you know? Well, in, this, in your... I've discovered that this is what I can do, right? Right. right. And I'm primarily someone who can draw, yes. and not everyone can draw. Oh, So I'm lucky, can... I'm lucky yes. that what I write is acceptable right More than so acceptable. I, I haven't I haven't shifted out of this this what I'm Genre, you know, yeah. whatever you call it yes. because this is what I can do yes and I've and got you do a, it well and so I've got a market yeah yeah and I I've like the little ones yes you know and when I read them mm. uh, I not only have got um, what happens when you're reading aloud there's you and there's your three-year-old. Yes. And suddenly you've got more people than one. Yes. So when you're reading the story, you can say, oh, what do you think the mouse is going to do next? Or where, where's he gone? <laughs> and you start you up a whole, yes. whole lot of that kind of thing. And the child comes into your, into it. Yes. Um, and they engage with it yes. in a deep way. And mm. it's, it's, it's a different, a diff has a different life. Yes. The way you read it with your child is an intimate thing with you and the child. Yes. And you don't it makes many memories, doesn't yes. it? Yes. So, and, the, and with another mother and another child, it's a different... Yeah. You know, so it becomes yours. becomes yes. yours. Yes. And a, a lot of affection goes into it in that process. So do tell me, Pamela, what about your children? Did they love your stories? They, they were nine and they were, um, when Who Sank the Boat came out, my son was, um, he was at high school. Right. And the, the way in which he, he, I saw him gather his friends around and say, <laughs> my mum did this, that kind of thing. Oh, he was lovely. He was showing off. He was very proud of Yes, you. but yes. no, that, they didn't ever have, um, they didn't ever have a, them as little children. No, no. So do they have children themselves? That, yes, you know, they do. Do they, do mm. they read all your They've books got all to the books. Yeah, well, I presume they do. <laughs> um, they're all so, everyone's so busy. I don't get much of a look in, but they've all got them. I give them out to them. It's <laughs> wonderful. And, uh, and so you, um, you are writing and you're still writing. Um, I think you said you're having a little bit of a rest at the moment because well, this yes, new book is coming out. And The last book I 
usually the, the pattern is that I'm writing a book when one's coming out. Right. And the one, then they all go and turn, you know? Yes. yes. There's one in the, in the mix. <laughs> one well, in the pipeline. Yeah, one in the pipeline. Yes. Well, last November, I handed over the uh, work for the big fish to yes. the publisher. And I didn't start another one. Usually I start, I start yes. another. But I decided that it was time to have a little break. Well, considering you've written 50 books, I think that's fair enough. I think the readers Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not that. saying that I've stopped. I'm not no. Saying, no, I haven't stopped. But <laughs> I'm just having a pause. I think that's fair enough too. Are we allowed to know how old you are today? Oh, you can know how old I am. I'm 81. It's fantastic. But she doesn't look 81, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Oh, dear me. Well, they've been photographing me in this park business and I've been very conscious that I feel 81. <laughs> well, look, I think this is um, very exciting and um, I got one of your books signed today and I have several of your books on my shelves already. So it's been just so exciting to talk to you today. And... Um, I uh, would urge everybody who's listening to run out there and make sure that you have several Pamela Allen books on your shelves for your children, for your grandchildren, and to give it a voice and make that very special connection and memory with your child. That Don't forget Pamela's to read with the, all the noises and you make your voice into a, <laughs> yeah, into a theatrical performance. Sounds wonderful. Thank you very much, Pamela. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from www.aussiewriters.com.au and if you are a reader or a writer, then hop on over to our website and subscribe. Subscribe.